mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hello, here we are, episode 61 of the LM Experience. Stu is still self-isolating. I'm sure we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, we have got the lovely, her words, not mine, we've got the lovely Helen Carter, Head of Channel Engagement at Barclays. Morning, Helen. Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Jolly good. Well, thank you for coming in. No problem. Really appreciate that. We always like to have different voices from different people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we spoke on the phone a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Because you were a little bit worried about being able to fill 18 minutes of content. Do you remember? <laughs> and then two hours later, I managed to put the phone down on you and got rid of you. So I don't think we're going to have trouble <laughs> filling 18 minutes here, Helen. I, I actually like put talking. you on, on mute for a while. I went to the gym and I came back and you were still talking. So I think we'll be fine for Charming. 18. <laughs> I think we'll be fine for 18 minutes here. Great. So look, we'll, we'll we'll get on to engagement and marketing because that's sure. effectively what you're about, and I think yeah. uh, I think that's I think brokers and the industry whole need a big hand with that. I think sometimes where we communicate sure. with uh, a each other, b the lenders and c the consumer mm-hmm. could do with a bit of work. So I think yeah. maybe you can give some some uh, some enlightenment on that. But before we get on to that, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself? What 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 was your career path? How did you end up where you are today at Barclays? Crikey. So, um, <laughs> not that bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll probably start all the way back from the beginning in the mm. sense that um, when I was at university, I did a sandwich course. Right. So, I spent one year out in industry where I worked for a company called General Motors, um, which people might know as Vauxhall, but obviously they don't own Vauxhall anymore. Um, and everyone talks about 2008 in the brake industry, but I was all we talk about. (laughs) I was I was there um, trying to help um, them shift some cars, and obviously after houses, cars are um, the most significant purchase that people make. Is that right? Um, Yeah, unless you want to buy a yacht. uh, (laughs) But for the average the average kind of consumer, it's quite an expensive purchase. Yeah, Um, and. So we, we, it was, it's quite interesting to compare the two, and how my career started actually in that period. So I started in July, two thousand and eight, and then finished it in July two thousand and nine. So you were kind of at the forefront of the credit crunch, but in a completely different industry. Sector. Yeah, but it was still an industry that was heavily affected by absolutely the was. credit crunch, and obviously it was owned by an American company. Yeah. Um. So, and I think, well, I know that the American. Um, government helped out generators at the time, so it's it's it, it had parallels to the 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 banking industry at the time. And also back then, you didn't, from memory, I don't think you had that PCP market, did you? As much or quite as prevalent as it was, didn't the government bring in a trade your old banger in yeah, four grand or something? Yeah, or there was that there might was, help some incentive there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, there was that incentive too, but it was it was quite an eye opener to start your career on that. Um, not just in a marketing sense, but just in a um, like how you the security of your job role and stuff like that. Is that your so, first job out of uni as well? It, I wasn't even out of uni. That was my first job in uni because it really? was my sandwich. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, it, 
it was quite eye-opening. And um, was your degree in marketing? Yeah. So I basically I started off. Um, I went to Loughborough University and I did a degree at the time called retail management. But then we changed it to retail marketing and management uh, because of the marketing involved. And I basically you do a sandwich year um, and. Uh, I applied for a job at the time. It was um, marketing, sales and after sales. And basically directors just pick whoever they want. And the director at the time picked me, who was director of marketing. And that's kind of how I fell into marketing. I never, yeah, I, I was never 18 and thought, oh, I really want to do marketing. I just Very fell few into people it. Do. Most people <laughs> fall into the job in some way, shape yeah. or form. So you, you brought you brought General Motors to its knees. Well done, Helen. What, where did you go? <laughs> what happened after that? Um, then I finished my degree and um it was a very tough time uh trying to find uh job roles and i managed to secure a job in a legal firm being a marketing assistant um which was also an eye-opener trying to market people rather than a product as well which yeah you don't really market law but you're marketing the lawyers i'm guessing yes yeah and that's um where i kind of started off my social media passion well my passion for that really because we wanted to use twitter which you're a huge fan of absolutely to help market the lawyers and um we managed to generate actual customers from that okay um or clients shall we say um which really gave me a huge passion for social media which and me ended up me going into Lloyd's Banking Group um, in 2011, which I was there till 2013, and then I've been at Barclays ever since. Ever since then, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, head of channel engagement. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that's been made up by a marketing department in itself, <laughs> isn't it? So, well, did you come up with that title yourself, Helen? Uh, no, and I spend most of my time trying to explain what it yeah. means. Um, <laughs> basically, I do all the marketing and events for uh, Barclays intermediaries. Okay. Um, so it's my first um, introduction to mortgage brokers. Uh, oh, I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baptism of fire. Yeah. But we did a podcast, didn't we, a year or so? I mean, was that, was that well, not, you weren't on it, but you organised it. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I manage is a podcast called Mortgage Insider, yeah. um, which uh, Barclays Intermediaries does to the uh, mortgage market. Yeah. And in terms, I mean... What 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 was the what was the purpose of that? I mean, you know, what what do you see in the broking community? Because uh, I spoke to uh, a number of people in in uh, on the podcast and and various platforms, and there is that risk that you're in that uh, echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the lenders might be in the echo chamber, yes, and the brokers might be in an echo chamber, yes. and the consumer is in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Don't know what chamber the regulators in. They're on <laughs> they're in their own chamber there, but. There is that risk that, you know, there's not enough cross-collaboration, if that kind of makes sense. So sure. it's really, I thought it was a really good initiative. I think Accord do it as well, but not many other lenders do do that. What was the, the motivation for that podcast? So we, we um, when I say we, I mean Barclays Intermediaries, we, yeah. um, we wanted to do it uh, before COVID uh, because we noticed that uh, lots of people were starting to listen to podcasts, such as yeah. this one um, and other ones. There was nothing else to do, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but there was lots of dead times on the pe- people's commutes or when they're walking the dog, etc. It was quite interesting um, to to be engaged with the industry. Yeah. Uh, but then COVID happened and 
we were in a dilemma as much of the industry was is we're a face-to-face business um and we couldn't meet face-to-face mm. so how can we engage with our mortgage brokers when we're not physically sitting next to them um and so hence mortgage insider was was born and um yeah it's it seems to be doing really really well which is is great winning awards and yeah. getting lots and lots of listens we're trying to win an award for this podcast so don't forget to vote for us or by the time this goes out it'll be too late anyway so what what is your definition of effective communication then uh helen and um, and, and sorry and, and how does what 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 do you see from the broken side do you, are you seeing effective communication or is there a gap between the perception and the reality does that make sense um it de- <laughs> is that an awkward question <laughs> No, it's not an awkward question, but um, effective communication can come in so many different forms. Um, and I think COVID has really shown that effective communication doesn't always have to be face to face. Yeah, true. Um, and you can be very effective via um, social media, such as yourself, Martin, um, and um, emails, etc. But you have to do it right. Um, and I think it's... Uh, the lockdown period has been a steep learning curve for lots of people to make sure that they are not when I say not talking about themselves but putting their customer or their client at the forefront of everything and it's all about them rather than about themselves I guess Mm. Um, and what are they getting away from it because you might think you understand what you're saying um, but to the end customer who might be a first time buyer for example never done this process before and thinks you're talking absolute gobbledygook (laughs) Um, how can you get around that? How can you make sure that they understand? Have you got good examples of what you think is good communication? Not not specific examples, but what what classes as good communication? Because I don't. I mean, I think on paper, really, brokers are much are, are more marketeers than they are brokers. They just don't realise it. Mm-hmm. Okay, the broken is a is a side effect. It's a result of marketing. Okay, and and broken after the initial sort of uh, contact with the client, then it becomes an admin job. But I think we just we get we focus too much on the wrong end of that chain, and we should be much more uh, on the board with on the from a marketing point of view. So, what 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 is good communication? What do you think is good communication? Um, I would say good communication is is simple, is yeah. memorable, is probably the two key the, the two key things. And what I mean by simple is. Um, in the financial services and in in broking especially, we have lots of acronyms for everything. Um, <laughs> we love an acronym, don't we? Uh, Abbreviations, <laughs> definitely. And um, and but the the end client isn't um, living mortgages day in day out. All they care about some some of them is just can they afford the house that they want? Can they make sure that their payments go down so they can do X Y Z? Um, and that's their end goal, rather than oh, well, this rate's gone up this and I've got to do this. We need to just break it down and make it simple. So one of the notes that you sent me yesterday, which I've just read here very quickly, (laughs) is Shakespeare is fantastic but hard to follow. Is that what you mean by that? Is that we we speak in a language that uh, the consumer doesn't really understand? Yes, yes. So... um, It's a good line, that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I shall tweet that later and tweet. claim it as my own. But when I talk when I talked to you and when you came on to the mortgage insider, you you gave an anecdote about how someone told you that you need to be on Twitter twenty times yes. a day 
to build up. But that's a very simple insight of 20 times. Yeah. And it's something that you've followed for a long period of time. Don't I know it from looking <laughs> at your feed? <laughs> well, thank you for staying, sticking with me, Ellen. <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say by that is you've taken that away and you've run with it. Yeah. We need to do something similar to our clients and our customers to make sure that they understand. Um, our clients and customers will have lots of things going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, and they just need to know what they need to do or what they need to say. or um, And sometimes it might be before... Um, the actual thing happens. Um, so do you need to reach out to them before they might need to remortgage or to, for them to kind of sort so out Continual communication. Yeah. I think it's yeah, that eternal yeah. presence. I think uh, we spoke to Marcus on the last uh, podcast and we talked about the industry has been built on a transactional model. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, our, our income is transactional. Our communication is transactional because we're so absorbed in this market mm-hmm. we naturally assume the consumer is mm-hmm. um, and we assume that they're reading all the articles that we read but they don't no. they come into the market every two or five years having forgotten everything we told them previously mm-hmm. so i think continual effective simplistic communication yeah. is something that we need to to work towards and this may be where the lenders can help i mean you know what what are barclays doing in in, in with that regard other other than you know, employing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your podcast. Yes, well, we try and um, engage with our brokers as, as much as we possibly can. Um, but we also make sure that um, when we do have something to say, it's something important, it has a purpose to it, um, rather than just talking about like say for twitter for example talking about what you've had for breakfast because no one really cares it's it like what it's what is that purpose life. for for that communication um and it's also simple stuff like um it's, um like i think we've got in our team like hair in the soup sort of thing like a very minor mistake like grammatically spelling there and there and there wrong um might not be like too much of a big deal to you or spelling having a typo but it's an absolute big deal on your credibility to the end client or consumer so just make sure that you just double check everything um before it goes out where where do you stand on the edit button for twitter do you think it's needed because there is i'm I'm looking at scott here he's never got his there there or there or his where where and where correct ever so i get your point actually that actually we are uh, uh you know qualified uh professionals mm-hmm. apparently but we are qualified professionals if yeah. we are getting some yeah. basic grammar wrong or you know uh, you know jokes that don't always land and that's a problem with with social media whether it's twitter or uh linkedin or facebook it's very one-dimensional sure. there's no intonation there you know there's no sarcasm font because that would make life a lot easier if there was one, mm-hmm. because people can just take something you've said, literally, and in a completely wrong direction. And you also don't know the context of what how they're reading it. So they could be Correct. in a very angry mood or yeah. a frustrated mood or even a happy mood. And by looking at your tweet or your LinkedIn post, they might be like really engaging with it or they might be like mm, it is really it's a fine line i don't i don't think actually you could you you'll never fix that problem fully i mm-hmm. don't think because you'll always get it wrong if you are uh i think i'm up to eighty thousand tweets now i mean it would have been quicker to write a book i think than do all that <laughs> tweeting but you're not going to get it right you still don't get it right now i mean a couple of times i've done some tweets recently and a couple of people have sent me messages and go that could be interpreted that way 
Okay, even though that wasn't the intention. Mm-hmm. And that, that's probably a good thing about the industry is that we're not, you know, they're not trying to call you out publicly. They maybe just send you a message and go, by the way, if you look, if you looked at that slightly differently, mm-hmm. you know, that might, that could be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, you know, the big man will just, t- we delete that. There's no point leaving that up. You know, our job isn't to challenge society. Mm-hmm. It's to engage with the individual and, and build your brand up. Definitely. Uh, and hopefully generate business. That's, that's the pure reason why, you know, I do that personally. Um, uh, and people buy from people. Well, that so, is a people industry. Yeah, and, and, and social uh, media is a very people or a lot of and um, stuff that I see on social media. Maybe not from the mortgage breaking sector, but it's very much talking as the we, as in my company or the company that I work for, do this, etc. Um, will people buy into that? They're they're more likely to buy into Martin or to Scott <laughs> or to um, it's it's the people rather than the organisation sometimes, and um, you just need to bring some humanity to it. But, I, uh, and edit button is, good, is sometimes needed for typos, especially when you're on your mobile phone and you're trying to yeah. type quickly. It's embarrassing. It, predictive text, if you type something wrong for the first time, it will continually replace that word uh, <laughs> wrong forever and a day. Um, so, I mean, and again, just just finally now, uh, Helen, again, you, I suppose you've got to be very careful in your position that you're in about about what you say yeah. sometimes it's slightly different for the brokers if they're one-man bands they they don't have a hr department or they are the hr <laughs> department um and i think sometimes there, you know there are i think it's slightly better now but i think there are you still see some tweets that are maybe inappropriate or going down the wrong direction it can be quite an challenging environment if you've got any particular tips or one tip that you might suggest is uh, a broker can take away and actually maybe learn from that will help improve that that engagement? When I first started out in social media, someone said to me, um, whatever you say on Twitter or other social channels, imagine standing in the middle of a town square or on a hill and shouting the same thing. Just always, sometimes people, especially if, as you've just implied, that it might be, um, they might not like what has been said. Um, always remember that, that tweet could last a lifetime. Even if you delete it, people will remember it. People will screenshot it exactly. and throw it back in your face. So I would take a deep breath and think twice and think twice about what you say. Um, but also, um, yeah, going back to the people-people situation, would you say the same thing to someone to their face? Um, yeah. So. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'm I'm d- I, sorry, I can't. I can't concentrate. Your your glasses. Oh yes. <laughs> We should put. What a shame this isn't video. So I'm sat here trying to make out I'm a professional with um, some broken glasses, which I've had now for a week, and I'm probably three weeks away from. I've I've lost the arm to them. So uh, if They're I lose that arm, I basically I'll have to walk around <laughs> holding the glasses like that for the next four weeks. And I've put you all, I've put you off all the way through there, Helen. I do apologise. <laughs> We're much better than that. See, we need Stu here. Stu would not... This is amateurish without Stu. He's know, a professional. I agree. I agree. He bookends it perfectly. Come back, Stu. Come back, Stu. I'll self-isolate next time. <laughs> this, uh, Helen, thank you very much for your time. Do you want your would-you-rather question? Okay, go for okay. it. So would you rather have a permanent chef or a permanent cleaner for the rest of your life? And this will tell me a lot about your personality. Oh, that's, that's a very interesting question. Mm. Um... Probably a chef. Really? Yes. Okay. Because I'm quite. I like. I like. You're a cleaner. Cleaning. I like cleaning. Yeah. But also therapeutic. 
Uh, yeah, I like everything neat and tidy. Okay. But um, chef, they can cook all these like really nice food that's in very. Do you not? Do you want? You're not worried about losing your ability to cook. I mean, is that an important part? I, I do like cooking. About. Yeah? I do like cooking, but sometimes I do find it a bit of a has- hassle every day. Yeah. Okay. Work. So you're going to go chef. chef. I think I'm going to go cleaner, actually, because I, I so find what does I'm that the say about your you. says an awful lot about me <laughs> because if I had a cleaner, I don't need a chef. I've got a microwave. I can just boom the pot noodle in there. <laughs> and on that note, listen, <laughs> that is the end of episode 61. Thank you, Helen, for coming on. Really appreciate that. Some really Thank good feedback there. Um, Stu will be back. He will not be self-isolated next time. Knowing my luck, it will be me. But I'm pretty sure Bert and Annie will be back in the room together um, come the new year. Um, that was episode 61. If you want to follow us, we're on Twitter at LM Experience. Do you want to put your Twitter handle out, Helen? I forgot to ask you. Or do you not want any more followers? You're happy with just me? <laughs> no it's fine it's at Helen J R Carter brilliant so um, follow Helen there follow us on LM Experience and we'll be back with uh, three episodes very soon thank you Helen thank you so much thank you thanks for listening and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter and remember there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it